Dropping knowledge bombs all over the state of Alabama. Pew, 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 pew. Truant News Radio, Truant News Radio. Listen to us on Truant News Radio. Welcome to the weekend with Truant News Radio. Keeping you in the know with all things Birmingham and beyond. Here are your hosts, Tony Truitt and Brock Murphy. Let the adventure begin. Giddy up! Just like that, we were on the radio. Yeah, let's do it. Good grief. Good morning, Tony Truitt. Good morning, Alabama. How are you this morning, Brock? Well, doing good. It's uh, It was warm in Ross Bridge, but up here on the mountain, there was a little bit of a breeze. Yeah, I was just telling you, I was happy to have this like zip thing on yeah. I've got, because at home, I thought, I'd, I thought it was going to be cooler when I walked out, but it was kind of muggy, so... Yeah. Uh, didn't think I needed it, but standing up here by the door, yeah, needed it. It's sharp looking. Yeah. Hey, this is the second time I've seen you in only three days. I know. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, you were nice enough to come over. We had the uh, over at John Carroll the calves for a cure. Yeah. They were raising money for uh, childhood cancer at Children's. Well and, done. Uh, they did a trivia night. And man, to be honest, I wasn't all that fired up about uh, about being a part of it. But we went, and uh, Joanne had put it together. We had our team. I invited you to be on it, and you were able to do it, and came in, and uh, it ended up. I had a blast. Oh my god! And it was so much fun. And uh, I, we were but, dominating. The Quizinators was our team, yeah. and we were absolutely dominating the thing. First at, place going into the last question. At the end of regulation, we, we, had we what did we points. miss? One question about Pokemon. Yeah, we missed that one, and then we missed the uh, floating bone. Yeah. We missed two questions. We had what, was, what is the floating bone? The hyoid bone. It's in your throat. Hyoid? Yeah, it's not connected to any other bone. Yeah, I wouldn't have ever gotten that. But uh, we were 98 points coming out of regulation, which means basically we won the whole thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Taylor Swift. One 20-pointer. And then Taylor Swift entered yeah. our life. Taylor Swift came in, and uh, I don't know much about Taylor Swift, it turns out. Mm-hmm. I liked her up to this point because I didn't know much about her, I guess, but... Uh, She's on my bad list now. You had to name six six albums in order. Yeah, uh, or you Oldest lost points uh, of of Taylor Swift albums, of which we knew none. Like literally, like I've never seen. Uh, there were four people on our team. I'm looking at three blank faces. Oh yeah. The second the question came out, and uh, then it then and you, you just couldn't see your then own. Then you blank just face. saw the disappointment. Uh, it was like you, you know where this is going. So uh, so we got you, leapfrogged. So you had from zero to twenty points that you could wager on it. You could either get those points, but if you wagered those points, you lost them. We we're number one, so of course we don't wager or any points the team below us right below us 97 points i mean we had been looking at them we beat them at the at the tape we're number one at the end of regulation they bet 20 points and by golly somehow they got them all right to finish with 117 and leave us in the dust it was awful, but it, it really was a fun night, no, it and was. Uh, they it, uh, did a did a great job. The kids and all that put it together, selling the food. And, oh, uh, for sure. Uh, had a, how many tables were in there too? There was a good turnout. Yeah, for there must thing. have been twenty teams. If yeah, not, yeah. I mean, it, 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 they would tell us the uh, uh, the standings at halftime, and uh, at the I'll end just of say this: the Quizinators were doing so good. I was already getting ready to take this show on the road, like yeah. go, go to the trivia night, oh, around, sure. try to hustle it, and yeah. uh, then it, then the wheels just came off. So. Well, clearly we'd have to we'd have to. Um, brush up on taylor yeah. swift but uh it was the two of us joanne and jennifer walker was our team yeah. so we had a lot of bases covered on yeah. our knowledge so we did yeah good. for but, sure uh, yeah man uh god it's been a crazy week uh i was really happy about this uh the the, the giving tuesday you know where you try to hook up with a nonprofit and do yes. that uh this is our fifth year to uh, for Truett Insurance and Bonding to be uh, work in with Ronald McDonald House Charities of Alabama. You know that's yes. one of my favorites. But I was uh, thrilled again. They raised uh, almost fifteen thousand yeah. dollars, just just short of that, uh, on Giving Tuesday. So 
over the five years, man, that's actually been a really good thing and uh, oh, yeah. proud of, proud of doing that. So, uh, you know, I know everybody now is, is always asking you for money, but I, I, I just thought that was uh, outstanding. Absolutely. And we've been doing college applications all week. Zach, I didn't realize there was so much. There's like more work that goes into that than there is actually school. Um, you guys had to get back on trivia night to go submit some sort of an honors yeah, application. Man, all this stuff, uh, Joe, uh, Joanne and Zach have had it rougher than me, but yeah. uh, all I had to do was do like a cover letter. Oh, They had this thing for this company called Dudes, and I didn't know what I was yeah. doing, but that I was yeah. trying to help with that, so yeah. I'm trying to sketch out what you need to say on the cover letter and yeah basically all i came out with is was at the end i'm just gonna say it i love dudes <laughs> so you know give me the job at dudes. yeah that's exactly what they need i don't think he would have got it but uh anyway and by uh, the way uh, back on ronald mcdonald house they, they posted a video of you i mean that was a that was a big deal they, they're yeah. happy to have your support and they certainly recognize well i was it. happy to do it it's uh again i can't tell you how uh how what a great job they do at the house and, yeah the good work that it does do helping families, you know, stay together when their children are undergoing treatment. So, uh, yeah. if anybody's looking for something to be involved with, do Ronald McDonald House Charities of Alabama. There you go. Yeah. And I uh, wanted to give a shout out to uh, James over at Hemp Hill Services. He came and got my shower to stop dripping this oh, week. So, yeah. That's big. Man, I was happy about that. Hey, listen, we've got a new strategic bomber uh, in the United States Air Force. I saw that. They, man. they unveiled it yesterday the B 21 cool, Raider. Yeah. Uh, and I tell you, it's Isn't it like five hundred and fifty million uh, per unit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it actually, it's probably going to be more. That was in two thousand ten dollars. Uh, looks like we're going to we're we're on, we're on budget to purchase ultimately one hundred and forty five of them. They're called the B twenty one Raider, which, by the way, is a nod to Doolittle's Raiders, the B twenty fives that bombed Tokyo right soon after yeah. uh, Pearl Harbor. It's going to be the, the the first sixth generation aircraft. It's going to be able to connect with other aircraft, easily integrate future weapons into systems architecture. It's got new stealth. It's essentially invisible to radar, uh, but they only released a frontal view, and it looks uh, similar-ish to the B-2, but there's a lot to learn as to whether and to what extent it's going to be the same size, same kind of shape, but it's essentially a flying wing, as best we can tell. Yeah. Man, I was watching last night. I had it taped. It was on the other night, but it's coming on again tomorrow at 2 o'clock, but uh, I finally got to sit down and start watching uh, that Swanee Unrivaled. You know, oh, Norman yeah. Jetmanson has been on the show. Sure. He he put it together, and it was excellent. Uh, I really uh, uh, enjoyed watching it and yeah. uh, all the photographs and just a great job. And they had uh, Bobby Bowden and Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Vince Dooley, and, and particularly yeah. like uh, Bowden and Dooley, and they had Johnny Majors, and all, all have passed away now wow. uh, since they did, sure, did sure. that documentary. But uh, really was – I got a little bit more to finish on it. But, again, if you are sitting around tomorrow with nothing to do, check it out. It's on Alabama Public Television at 2 o'clock, Swanee Unrivaled. And, and again, just, just so that you know, it was an undefeated season, and they played – an insane number of games within just 19 days yeah. and and beat everybody who they played on the road. And it wasn't like nobody's. It was LSU. Yeah. It was Texas. Texas yeah, Texas. A&M, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ole Miss. And uh, right after it, they played Auburn. And I think Auburn was the only one to score any points on that yeah. team that year. But poor Cumberland, you know, they got yeah. bombed by Georgia Tech that year, too. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But everybody was bombing them. I mean, uh, it well, was... Well, recall they didn't have a team. They had disbanded. So yeah. it was just it was basically you who went and got some of your fraternity brothers to go play these teams. Well, you know, it was such a different game at the time, for too. Sure. But it, 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 they get into all that detail about the rules then and how you scored points. And yeah, just, right, it, it, right. Like I said, really well done. Uh, they did a great job putting that together. Hey, uh, my friends over at Progress Bank, who, uh, yeah. if, if things go well, is it going to be Progress Bank, but for another few weeks, because yes. uh, 
uh, forget the name of it. You mentioned it. University it's, it's, Community or United Community? United Community Bank. Yeah, anyway, out of go. out of Greenville, South Carolina, you know they're they're merging and it's going to keep the United name. So, uh, but anyway, progress is uh, they they have are broken, broken ground, ground on yeah. the Panama City location down there, and uh, we're actually trying to get uh, the Panama City. I think it's economic development people on with this coming up because uh, we've got several kind of Birminghamish or, yeah. or Alabama connections going on down there with yeah. uh, Southern Sky Aviation. Uh, Bo that's been on the show, you know, sure. they, they are, have a huge new project down there. So it's kind of cool what's happening. But anyway, Progress did that, and they also declared like a dividend uh, yeah. to, as a going away present, I guess, to the shareholders. So yeah. that was good. And this started out basically with a bunch of pe- fellows who you knew from Bestavia way back when. Well, the the Birmingham connection did uh, with South City Bank, yeah. uh, Chip McCallum and uh, yeah. Scott Matthews and a bunch of guys, uh, Elam Holly. Uh, was in on it, but uh, they did a good job with South City. It turned into First Partners, and then Progress is based up in Huntsville. They came and bought First Partners, and now now they've been bought. Yeah, the whole banking industry. Fish there's a fish. lot of there's a lot of activity out there and that stuff. But uh, man, uh, congrats to Gulf Distributing Holdings. You know, uh, uh, Ivan Mazel, we had him on, yeah. and uh, but that's his family's business down oh, okay, there in okay. uh, Automobile. But they just built a big new uh, state-of-the-art complex out in McCullough. Oh, okay. And uh, so they had the ribbon cutting, and that's open now. So congrats to them. Oh, boy. Hey, listen, Sun's Donuts. Uh, so some friends of mine had started up the Big Spoon Creamery years ago. They went into partnership with uh, and created this Sun's Donuts, which are like little mini donuts. Uh, they make them right in front of you, and then they put different glazes on them. They're different flavor donuts, cinnamon, raspberry jam. How about uh, the seasonal bourbon caramel pecan donut? And mm. then they're covered with different glazes, mm. so like maple brown butter, milk chocolate. The seasonal one is bourbon old-fashioned glaze. Uh, but they've just opened up in Lane Park. A lot of things are opening up in Lane Park, and they're one of them. So move from Avondale to Lane Park. Go try out Sun's Donuts. They've got a website, and they're going to share the schedule of they got a really colorful food truck that they're going to be using. Um, so... Be on the lookout for the Sun's Donuts food truck. Uh, and also, 20 Midtown is a uh, an apartment complex uh, off 3rd Avenue South and 20th Street, which makes it around the uh, Parkside area that we've been talking about. It won't be far from uh, from the new steam plant once that gets developed. Uh, they're, they're leasing right now, and it looks fantastic. It's mixed use because the first floor is commercial, so there's a, a swanky new Starbucks for the new tenants of 20 Midtown and a new restaurant called Cava because we don't have enough Mediterranean. I'm joking. I love that we have enough Mediterranean, but this is a new Mediterranean offering, uh, and it's going to have Mediterranean and pita wraps, uh, bowls. Yeah. yeah. Kava's the people that bought uh, Zoe's, I believe. Ah. And they're either transitioning some Zoe's to it or anyway, Zoe's is being phased out. Okay. But it's the same group and because I think there was, it's kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, well, but they've got bowl. You know, everyone's doing bowls now. Yeah. The burrito bowls. There's you know, everyone's got a bowl, a bowl of meatloaf. But anyway, the bowl, <laughs> a bowl right now of Mediterranean goodness you can get at Cava. And if you live at Twenty Midtown, it'll be just right below you on the ground floor. So check that out too. As Parkside continues to grow and develop. Yeah, well, uh, Pelham City Schools Foundation. They're looking for a part-time executive director. If you're interested in that. Uh, you would be an employee of the foundation, not actually Pelham, you know, school board or whatever. But uh, my friends of uh, Amy and Paul Bradley with RP Bradley, I saw they're very involved in it. So they were the ones kind of promoting it. But nice. uh, if you want to check it out, go to PelhamCitySchoolsFoundation.org and learn a little bit more about it. That's pretty cool. Hey, listen, I saw an article and it's NASA, right? I NASA. Like NASA. NASA awarded $58 million to a 3D printing firm called Icon. They're out of Austin, Texas. 
and it's for lunar construction, research, and development, right? I don't like them messing with the moon. I'm telling you, uh, they've got this Olympus construction system, which is designed to use local materials on the moon and ultimately Mars for building. So the R&D funds will, will be to, uh, to, to look at or research the use of lunar regolith. That's an important well, I'm word. I'm just telling you, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. I saw some like, you know, BBB movie yeah. long ago oh, yeah. where uh, we had made it to the moon yeah. and uh, we're living there and started mining and it split the moon and it basically yeah. ruined Earth. And I'm yeah. convinced we can actually make that a reality if we keep doing what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Fred's going to go up there with a jackhammer. Yeah, and break I, don't, I don't like it. I got to go back to this though. So that regolith is moon dust, right? Okay. Which by the way, uh, what they're going to do is they're... It, apparently obviously the moon dust is everywhere so they're going to have to look at that and see to what degree they can use that to actually build things up on the moon because it's everywhere and because it's prohibitively costly to ship things from the earth to the moon Um, but they're going to check and use for this research regolith or moon dust samples that they took from the apollo missions back when and some simulations but here's where my mom comes into this tell me well my mother worked for the u.s geological survey right in washington dc and if i'm not mistaken she had an actual moon rock in her office how about that? Yeah, not many people had that. No, you don't get a lot of moon rock. No, Jan Murphy had that. And so they're going to take those uh, those regolith samples and they're going to they're going to analyze that and they're going to see whether and to what extent basically they can do a cement factory up on the moon and and make their own stuff there. So it's it's a uh, it's interesting, but it's getting into the space age and to your point, let's make sure that we don't split the moon in half. Yeah. One of the things to think about too when they research this is when they, they think about like mechanical engineering concepts, you've got to be thoughtful about mechanical engineering concepts with the gravity of the moon, which yeah. is one sixth that of Earth. So something that weighs 600 pounds here weighs only 100 pounds on the moon. It's really interesting if you think about it. Yeah. Hey, uh, one, I don't think we introduced ourselves. I'm Tony Truett with Truett Insurance and Bonding. I'm Brock Murphy with Brock G. Murphy Law Firm. Thanks for listening to Truett News Radio this morning. Yeah. Uh, Brock, Big Dan's Car Wash is coming to town. Yes, uh, they're it is. coming into Alabama, and I'm going to go be a customer just because of the logo. This yes. is This is uh, – what, did, what would you call this, like South Parkish? Yeah. So when we were doing uh, high school mascots, we came across Yuma, Arizona, the, the criminals. criminals. And there was essentially somebody, I don't know, maybe he was a uh, junior high who had drawn this uh, this this criminal mascot. I mean, uh, this That's who drove this is Big awesome. Dan. Yeah. I mean, this is awesome. But, uh, hey, they're looking for places. Uh, they're, they've actually, this is the first spot they've got is in Muscle Shoals, but they're planning to, to run across uh, Alabama and part of their growth. So if you've got a one-acre site you would like them to consider, get in touch with uh, Patrick Sullivan Jr. at South Base Properties. Uh, he's P Sullivan at southpace.com. So if you got a one acre site and would like to maybe cut a deal with a, uh, big Dan, big Dan's, yeah. uh, car wise, get in touch with them. Uh, my friend, big Jim, uh, his father was named Dan and he called him big Dan. So I always think about that, but th- this also, you know, you would ask, I think these car washes, they're very lucrative, but I wonder with all these different car washes popping up, yeah. are we about to, no, no pun intended, saturate the market? Are we about to wash out the market? Man, there's a lot of them. That's uh, right. Hey, December 3rd, 1956. That's interesting. That's the day in 1956. Wilt Chamberlain made his varsity debut as a Kansas Jayhawk. What? It went pretty good. He dropped 52 and 31 rebounds. What? That's not a bad day. Yeah, it's not.
not a bad day at all. Good grief. Turned out he was a pretty good basketball player. Uh, yesterday in history, a couple interesting things. Uh, 1939, LaGuardia Airport opened up. Uh, 2001 was the day that Enron filed for bankruptcy. But in 1823, do you know who the fifth president of our United States was? Uh, yeah. Was it John Quincy Adams? It would be James Monroe. James Monroe. James Monroe. Where Pres- was John Quincy Adams? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, president James Monroe, our fifth president, I know that because I looked that one up, he declared the Monroe Doctrine, which I know yeah. in history class at some point I wrote that down. In the yeah. Fill it in was the an important doctrine. It was, but uh, I didn't remember what it was, and no. I'm not even going to challenge you if you knew what it is. But it turns out it was that the U.S. will not interfere with European affairs. Now, this is, you know, just the backside of our war with Britain. The War of 1812 has been over for a decade. The U.S. will not interfere with European affairs, but will focus only on the, quote, Western Hemisphere, which was North and South America. Uh, And and there's sort of a corollary to that, that also the U.S. wouldn't tolerate European meddling into the Western Hemisphere. But that's the Monroe Doctrine, and it was introduced yesterday in 1823. Well, I'm going to say today, this is huge. Stop the show for this. Today, in 1968, the Elvis comeback special aired on NBC and dominated. Yeah, but that's amazing. In 1968, he had been gone, no live performance in seven years already. Yeah, and uh, he came back, and uh, he had been doing the movies and all that stuff during that stretch, so... Uh, th- this is one of my favorite things from uh, growing up, or just th- that show was so excellent, and the the spinoff Tiger Man CD and all these things, uh, just incredible. <laughs> a couple of Heisman's were uh, awarded on this day in history. Is that right? Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of them were given out on December third. Angelo Bertelli, yeah. Notre Dame in 1943. Oof. Glenn Davis with Army in 46. John David Crow, who's tied to this area. You know, he uh, played for Bear at A&M. But, oh, uh, there you go. He won it in 57. Charles White, I remember yes, Charles White. Sure. USC yep. 79. Mike Rozier, yep, who was just a him. monster for player sure. at Nebraska in 83. And Barry Sanders, yeah. who may be the greatest running back of all time. I saw at him. Oklahoma State I saw him at Oklahoma State. Yeah. That was when I was that was my first year at uh, at Colorado. Uh, so my freshman year, Oklahoma State played an away game at Boulder, and I got to see Barry Sanders as a senior. And uh, I think this is interesting. I'm pretty sure that we had stopped him to his lowest output of that year. Yeah, and it was still 147 yards. Uh, he was amazing. Yeah. Uh, hey, real quick, Site Selection Magazine uh, they did their annual executive survey rankings of the best I business like climates in the U.S. I was yeah. shocked at this. Yeah. Well, Tennessee number one. Heavy. It is. It's the South. Tennessee's number one. Georgia two. North Carolina three. And then Alabama and Texas are tied at four. So, four of the SEC teams. I mean, but hey, Alabama's in the top five of Absolutely. that. I mean, how great is yeah. that? Yeah, I like that for sure. We that, like yeah. that shout out. Well, let's go to the Truett Insurance and Bonding Hotline and our buddy Pete Blank. Oh, Pete, how are you? Good morning, Pete. Do we have Pete? Pete's not with us. Pete, There's are you Pete. there? Well, we had Pete, but we're not. We don't Pete, have Pete. Pete, something working. Hmm. There's a big lock on it, so we're going to keep talking. Okay. Well, there's a listen. Uh, there's a giant. Did you know there's a giant electric uh, vehicle battery plant that's coming to Clarksville, Tennessee? I did not. Tell me about it. Three billion. That's with a B, as in as in Brock. Uh, LG Chem, which is a South Korean company, is going to build the largest plant of its kind in U.S. It's going to take up 420 acres. Now, I think I think you need 200 acres for a golf course. Uh, it's going to take up 420 acres. They're going to start construction in the first quarter of next year, start producing uh, the batteries for the electric vehicles uh, in the second quarter of 2025, and their target is by 27 uh, to, to produce 120,000 tons of annual material. 
which would power t- in, in today's usage and efficiency about 1.2 million electric vehicles. So it's pretty big, and it's coming to Clarksville, Tennessee, which, by the way, Clarksville, Tennessee, uh, there's a slight connection to what's to come to Birmingham. Uh, in some ways, that's considered like ground zero of, uh, of CrossFit. Rick Froning and, and CrossFit Mayhem are out of Clarksville, Tennessee. So uh, interesting things going up just over the border uh, with respect to electrical vehicles. Yeah. Hey, Peter, are you with us? No. Well, okay, we're still working through that problem. Well, the phone's uh, not doing Brock, great. how about this? This is very cool. Uh, the uh, Wrangler National Finals Rodeo is back in Vegas. Oh. Uh, so that's going on right now through December 10th. But that thing uh, last year, they said, had a $181 million economic oh, impact wow. in Vegas. And yeah. they're expecting the same type of turnout uh, this year. But basically, every night through this thing, they're packing out the Thomas & Mack Center out there. 16,000, oh, yeah? you know, folks every night watching the events yeah uh but there's a ton of stuff going on out there uh everything is is kind of focused on the cowboys but the just acts in town oh yeah you know to support all of these sure, people that sure. are going to see it you got luke luke bryan is at resorts world tanya tucker at the golden nugget laney wilson who's actually playing in yellowstone okay uh okay. she's uh out there at the mirage uh george Strait Ooh, is at the uh the t-mobile arena miranda nice. lambert is at planet wow. hollywood i mean you got some They're heavy everywhere. hitters out there good heavens for that but not, uh not to mention sort of by definition i would think the folks that were certainly the rodeo folks they're they're sort of gamblers by nature aren't they so i would yeah. think the casinos are going to take well, a good hit you know it's for, i don't know if this is uh is is big or not they're they're pushing it up big but they said the purse this year is just short of 11 million so oh, uh you know there's some money on the line in that too but uh let's go back and try pete again he's green now it should be good it should all be right good. let's hope hey peter are you with us <laughs> there he is there's pete <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That was a strange. But live radio, what are you going to do? Hey, well, you know, it's. Uh, I just like making you get up early to have a headache first thing. <laughs> yeah, sure, you know, sure. what am I doing wrong? Hey, here's some instant stress for you. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, let's call the. Yeah, let's get our IT departments on the line immediately on a Saturday morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. for sure. That for sure. Well, hey, this is Pete yeah. Blank. Uh, we got PeteBlank.com. Everybody, go check that out. But uh, Pete, you're you know kind of. Uh, customer service expert and motivational speaker and all that. And, uh, you know, this is your second time on the show because right. you, you did such a great time. Uh, great job the first time. We thought we'd have you back. But I have to immediately ask you, uh, what happened to the USFL's Tampa Bay Bandits? Oh, I know. No, no, no. We're not talking about that because, <laughs> because, as, well, first of all, they, they didn't have Spurrier as our head coach That's this right. time around. That's right. Right. You so needed Burt and Lonnie attached. It yeah. would have worked with that. Yeah. They're not going to have any of that banded ball going on. But I'll tell you, um, it was such a great summer here in, in Birmingham with uh, the World Games and with the USFL. And yeah. it was just such a shame that those two overlapped because yeah. I would have loved to have gone to the, to, to the championship. I mean, to the, I mean, they, they won it. Birmingham won a championship. I know. That's right. Was that? That yeah, it, I, it's, so. I tell you what, the town's been on a great roll, and uh, I think it's going to keep keep going on. I mean, new new construction projects keep get popping up all over the place, and retailers and restaurants. Uh, man, it's awesome. Well, know, it's a great time the, to be the here. Plopped into that little schedule was what we've really almost now taken for granted, and that is the Indy Race right over at the Barber yeah. Track, which yep. is international in its interest. A, a lot of people, uh, you know, consider that to be the Augusta of uh, of, of motorsports, and so um, that's something that we're blessed to have and and boy that was a nice thing to plant right there uh, as yep. part of the sentence as to what Birmingham's capable of performing 
they were incredibly smart to kind of do that. And as, as we continue to grow and develop this whole region, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited. I love it. I'm sure you guys are too. And I know there's a little bit of controversy about the amphitheater coming up to the, yeah. you know, a Norwood area with a Pelham, but no matter what happens, I mean, that's going to be a great, I mean, it, it's just, it's a time of growth. And I, I'll tell you, you guys, March madness is coming. Oh, you know, for sure. That's right. March yeah. to the downtown Birmingham Jefferson uh, convention complex. So anyhow, listen, since I'm up, uh, I know that you and all your listeners want to talk World Cup. Absolutely, oh, sure we do. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the one thing when I told my wife this morning, and I said, "I said you got to you got to be for what time to talk to who? And I said, <laughs> yeah, who are these people?" And she's correct. She yeah, until she was talking to who? And I said, "But I said, but the good news is USA is on at nine o'clock." So I wanted to ask you guys, where are you with World Cup viewing and watching? Is that something you do? Because I'm all into it. Well, I tell you, I feel a little bit like the miracle on ice, right? I, I, I didn't know the I didn't know the rules of hockey, uh, but all of a sudden I knew Mike Ruggioni and you know all, the, uh, and, and I feel a little bit like that yeah. where I'm I'm now taken into the tidal wave that is the U.S. men's national team. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to watch this today. It's pretty exciting talking about the growth. I mean, if you go to Good People Brewing Company downtown this morning for the watch parties or any of the places they want, I mean, there is a there, there especially with the Birmingham Legion uh, soccer yeah. team. There's oh, a for huge sure. pe- there's a huge bunch of people that kind of follow that. But um, let me sort of tie this into sort of workplace development because that's kind of you know where I sort of live and breathe is in you know employee development and customer service and kind of all that. We did something at our work that I kind of want to remind everybody not to. Not to forget about what I'm seeing in this post-COVID environment is a lot of organizations were really good at employee recognition and doing fun things and team building activities. And then COVID hit and people went remote and people started doing, you know, fewer get togethers. And then when they came back to the office, if they've come back to the office, they've kind of forgotten about, oh, I guess we did used to do these fun things. I guess we did used to have these sort of get together. So sure. what we did pre uh, pre World Cup where I worked down at the personnel board of Jefferson County is we um we had a World Cup draw. And so what we did was we had um, we had sort of like a uh, catered lunch where we brought in the closest food we could get that resembled uh, Qatar food, and that would be tzatziki's. So we brought- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> because the chicken because feast. I started looking up. I, I started looking up things that they serve in the country of Qatar, and I said, "Let's just go. Let's just go with tzatziki's. That'll be that, that'll be <laughs> good enough." enough. Right. And then and then we had we had thirty two people, and we had this this random wheel, and we all assigned ourselves a World Cup team to follow. And so now you got 32 employees who wanted to get involved. They're, they're all forced to watch their teams. They're sort of rooting for their teams. And what the prize is, is our director said, whoever gets to the final four, whatever country and teams get to the final four, I will take those four people out to a nice lunch. Nice. So it's just... It's just another way where it's very simple, doesn't cost a whole lot, but it's a way to get employees involved in activities that they may not be interested in, but it also shows the organization that we're still doing fun things. We're still doing team building. We're still doing some stuff. And, and I love the idea because my team was Spain, and Spain also happened to make it to the, uh, to the uh, final six. The 16, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for America and pulling for Spain. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, like you say, it costs nothing. And even if you're not interested in it, all of a sudden you've been assigned four nations and yeah, you're, you're very, very interested in them. Yeah, I mean, You're engaged at that point and you get to talk trash to everybody in the oh, office. Oh, for sure. And, and, yeah. and, and, and sort of silly, right? I mean, you know, about how these two countries don't like each other because they're playing each other in the World Cup. You don't know anything about the team. Yeah. 
Well, it, it helps to create relationships too in the workplace yeah. because I sent out I sent out the email last night that said, okay, the Sweet Sixteen is is, is set. Here's all the people who are playing each other. Here's the here's the countries, and they started talking trash on yeah. email to each other. Morocco in your face, yeah, you know, right, and, they, right. and, they, and you know it's it's just fun. So it's it's just important to remember that you know. And again, the holiday seasons, organizations get stressed. Yes, they have Christmas parties and things like that, but let's not forget about ways to to remind our employees employees who are back in the office or hybrid or whatever it may be that, you know, yes, we have work to do, but we can have fun. Well, and, and a few months out, right? I mean, the, the, the same thing duplicates for March Madness. I mean, you know, you may not care about uh, Canisius or Western Michigan, but suddenly, yes. you know, you've picked them uh, to go to the whatever round and by golly, you are invested in that particular game. Yeah. And these are these are easy things to do, and you don't cross into the ethical line where you're like everybody put in five dollars and pick a box or something sure, like sure. that. You know, it's it's just all in good fun, but it also gives you people a reason to get together and have some fun and just you know, I'll tell you, you know, work work is still stressful. Oof. I don't care. I don't care. You know, you know. I mean, I have to tell both of you gentlemen that you know, work work is stressful, and so we have to allocate. Leaders have to allocate time to do a few fun things. Yeah. Work hey, let me ask you this, and I don't know really if you've got the answer on it, but uh, you mentioned the Christmas parties. Are those, I mean, some people love those, some people hate them. Do you think those create more stress, you know, on your employees? What are your kind of viewpoints on that? Listen, I I can come from two points of view. I can come from the private and from the uh, from the public sector. Back when I worked at Disney in the private sector, you can imagine employees loved them because oh, sure. they were they were fairly elaborate. They were a good time. People got dressed up, all that kind of stuff. In the in the public sector, again, you you can't use public funds. How are you using money? So you know, all the leaders have to chip in. And it is interesting that that you mentioned that. I'm always surprised of some employees who have to force their way or struggle their way for two hours to come upstairs, eat food, drink, play games, listen to music, all that. And they're like, I would rather be at my desk working. <laughs> so there will <laughs> there will always be a group of whether you call it introverts or whether you Scrooges. That's a bad stereotype. I shouldn't say that. Scrooges is better. Yeah, yeah Scrooges is better because introverts have a good time sure. um, as well. But um, I think you still... Okay, here's the thing. If you stop having a winter wonderland party or a holiday celebration, the people who don't come will be the loudest ones to complain. Oh, that's one sure. more thing they took that's one more thing they took away from us. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah. more thing they're not doing. That thing I no, dreaded the I most. Am, yeah. Yes, exactly. Hey, uh, as, as people come back, we lost him. Pete, are you there? I think we lost Pete. Oh, Pete's gone. Oh, we lost Pete. Good heavens. Oh, hello, Pete. Oh, come in Tokyo. Hey, listen, this is a funny thing I saw this week. Are you ready for this? Tell me. You, you know memes, right? A, a meme is something that's like a, it's like a, a photo and yeah. it has a little slogan on it. And they say literally 365 million memes are passed per year hmm. between people on the, uh, you know, but Instagram, social media and all that. But what's happening right now is there are a couple lawsuits over the use of a couple of these memes. So like there's one called Success Kid and he's just a little toddler and it looks like he's going, yes, you know, and and uh, <laughs> he's been used forever. Well, what's happened is they've said there's a tension, right? Uh, because the lawsuits are based on sort of a copyright that the original artist, the original photographer, you know, has rights to that photograph that's being used that way. Now they're saying as as if, if I were to post on my social media site uh, as an individual something for a point, that, that's probably not going to uh, be a problem. But you've got this tension between copyright, which is designed to prevent copying, 
and memes, which rely on their very vitality on them first going viral and being shared on a huge level before they have any value whatsoever. And apparently the tension comes when somebody tries to use them for commercial purposes, yeah. right? And so there's a couple of lawsuits going on right now where, uh, where these memes, uh, the original author is seeking, inf- is seeking compensation from companies which are using these memes for profit. So this is uh, going to be sort of an interesting, um, uh, an interesting battle as the tension between copyright and memes sort of play out uh, in the courtroom setting. And again, I think it's going to be with respect to these commercial settings that the, that the distinction is going to be made. It, it, doesn't, well, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't share it on Instagram. It does mean that you shouldn't share it in order to make a profit as part of your advertising campaign. Well, hey, talking about lawsuits, uh, did you see this thing on TGI Friday? Yeah. They had been sued. This kind of falls under the whole uh, yeah, yeah. Texas Pete, sure. you know, not being made in although Texas. Although I'll give them on this one. I'll, I'll get, uh, although it, it's interesting. Think? Well, n- not against TGI Fridays, but against the uh, uh, the manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's what's going on. Uh, the TGI's branded mozzarella stick. Yeah. Okay? It's so branded as a mozzarella stick. the ones stick. they sell at the stores and all that. Yeah. yeah. It's branded as a mozzarella stick, but it has no mozzarella in it. Yeah. Uh, it's all cheddar, apparently. And so yeah. somebody sued them for this. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, it was filed in federal court in 2021, uh, but the, a judge has just let TGI Fridays out saying they right. weren't part of the manufacturing deal. They licensed it. Was just their, it. Yeah, they licensed their name, and so they don't have to worry about it. So now the lawsuit is proceeding, I guess, against the manufacturer. Right. But uh, it's uh, I just found that was it, it's another one. If you're if you have if you are a name brand these days, somebody's going to yeah. sue you for something about what you did not do or well, maybe how you market. It is interesting, right? Because Texas Pete. Uh, is called that, but it's hot sauce. And on the label, you can see that it's not made in Texas. So I'll give you, if you were to look at this label, I'm sure that nowhere on this label in terms of ingredients is mozzarella cheese listed and cheddar probably is. So from a labeling perspective, there is no misrepresentation. But when the product itself is called mozzarella cheese sticks, you think that there's mozzarella in it and probably don't even look at the label. So I I, I know that on some levels, it's... um, they're cousins to one another, but I feel like there might be a little bit more, uh, I would say, meat to this cheese dispute. This is what's going to be interesting as it plays out. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to another one. Condado tacos. Yeah. Uh, that's another concept coming into Alabama. And, uh, man, I, they're trying to get – they were founded in 2014 up in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. But they now have a little short of 40 units total. But uh, they're trying to get to 100 units by 2026, and Alabama is right in the crosshairs. Uh they're, they're going to open 12 new stores next year. Six are in new markets, of which Birmingham is one of those. Yeah. But they will be spreading across Alabama as It's a they cool go. logo. It is a very cool logo. Uh, it's got kind of, what is that, the Day of the Dead sort yeah, of thing yeah, played into. Of stuff, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, fired up for that. So that's cool. Condado Tacos. I've I'm never heard of it before. Interested to see uh, Interested to see sort of the, 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 the concept that they release. And Bentley has residences? Yeah, I've, I've seen a few of these. You know, uh, developments in kind of... Kind of high-end places, particularly Miami, I think there's a few of these. Some of these high-end brands are going in with uh, developers kind of as a lifestyle brand. Yeah. But so Bentley has partnered up with a developer in Miami on this 61-story building, and it's really cool looking. Right. And so Bentley is lending their name like the, under the, the licensing car thing. manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, incredibly expensive cars to this uh, project down there. So, But the coolest thing about it is – 
You drive in, and this falls under the thing. There's a lot of things that are expensive that right. you just know about. I mean, but right. you know you can't afford it because it's so expensive. Well, th- this is really expensive, and I had no idea this even existed. Yeah. Okay, so you drive into, like, I guess the garage level sure. of this building, but then there are car elevators. So right. uh, you drive in, and it takes, like, you just drive your car in, and it takes you in your car to... You know, whatever, the 45th floor, the 50th floor. And so every unit uh, all the way up the building has like a three-car garage. Garage. So in theory, you would never even have to go out the front door of the building. You would just be able to drive in, be carried to your apartment, park in your apartment, and walk in. The only thing I can kind of relate it to... Did you ever remember the show Vegas back in the seventies? Yeah. Like Dan Tana, he would drive into his in his warehouse, a uh, yeah. like lifestyle thing, yeah, and yeah, leave yeah. the Thunderbird on the side and just right. walk to his couch. <laughs> I think that's kind of what this is, except you can do this sixty one floors in the air, and it can be yours for only four point two. Yeah. Well, that's the starting price. Oh, the cheapest okay. thing in the building is four point two. So uh, I got the feeling the sixty first floor with the with the yeah, infinity with the pool o- overlooking the bay is probably going for a little bit more than that. We need to look that one but up. That's pretty awesome. Uh, hey, listen, I'm going to take us on a time machine for a second. You ready for this? Uh, as you know, a lot of times I'll look up, uh, in this case, it was December 2nd in history, and I'll, I'll look up the, the covers of Sports Illustrated. Well, I found 1968 Sports Illustrated, and I got to looking at the index of the stories within that Sports Illustrated, and one of them said, Derby drugging case drags on. Derby drugging case drags on. And I got to looking into it, and it turns out in 1968, the Kentucky Derby winner, who was named Dancer's Image. Was uh, drugged up? Well, it turns out, by the way, in the race, it was in last place at one point, rallies back and wins the race. Uh, afterwards, they, they determined that it had been given phenylbutazone, something they called butte back then. It was just a pain reliever, but it was given six days before by its trainer. Uh, and it turns out butte, as they called it, was legal in most tracks in the United States, but not at Churchill Downs. And so it was the first horse disqualified from the Kentucky Derby in 54 years. And that was it the first one ever. Well, and yeah, and, it, and, it, and obviously it was a big problem, and it turned into a lawsuit because by December 2nd, there's obviously a headline in Sports Illustrated declaring that the Derby drugging case drags on. But here's an interesting postscript to that story. You ready for this? Yeah, hit me. Dancer's Image, who was disqualified from the Kentucky Derby, was also disqualified from the Preakness later that year. And you want to know why? Tell me. Bumping excessively another horse during the no, race. He can't excessively he was aggressive. bump. Now, I, this took me into a time machine, right? 1968. I was curious, what are the top grossing movies of 1968? Do you, do you have any ideas at all? Uh, I'm going to go with the one I always say, The Great Escape. Yeah. No, yeah. that's not one. But, okay. But I'd never even heard of the first one. It's called Funny Girl. It was Barbara oh, yeah, Streisand. Yeah, she played Fanny Bryce. I never have comedian. seen that. I just know yeah. it for some reason. Uh, the set, Number two, heard of this one, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Number three, The Odd Couple with Jack Lemmon and Walter yeah. Matthau, who, by the way, I loved when they got back together and did Grumpy Old Grumpy Man. Old Man. That was one of the great movies yeah. of all time. The top song in 1968, Love Child by Diana Ross. Yeah. But here's some interesting things. You know what? The Dow closed its high in 1968. Ooh, I love this kind of thing. I'm going to say like uh, 850. Ooh, ooh, a little bit it? low. 943. Oh, yeah. yeah. How about the average cost of a new home in 1968? Ooh, uh... Twenty, oh, fourteen thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. The annual income average in nineteen sixty-eight, forty. Oh, that'd be seven thousand eight hundred and fifty. Really? And the average new car in nineteen sixty-eight cost. 
$2,750. That's pretty close on that. Yeah, you were. You actually were. Yeah, that's interesting, though. A little time time travel back into 1968. Hey, here's something cool to do for Christmas, man. Down at the IMAX at the McWayne Center, they're doing the Polar Express in the IMAX dome down there from, uh, that's December 9th through 11th. So if... uh, if you can get out or looking for something to do, do that. And I was checking out the movies last night at the Alabama Theater. Oh, yeah. you know, they do the holiday season, yeah. and it looks like Elf is already selling out. Oh, boy. Uh, but I think there's one left of it and some of the other things. So uh, try to check that out. They're having can. a holiday spectacular, by the way, at Red Mountain Theater. That's through the 18th. So uh, get your tickets for that. It looks pretty yeah. fantastic. Hey, Brock, did you know that Illinois became a state today in what? 1818? Are you serious about yeah, that? Yeah, that part? happened. And Andrew Jackson was elected our seventh president. Oh. Or the uh, whatever you call it, the Electoral College met and certified it today. So. We know who was the fifth president. That was James Monroe. So maybe the sixth president was John Quincy Adams. We don't know. Huh? Yeah, yeah. who knows? Who, who was number six? I think John Quincy Adams, uh, isn't that who he, beat, who he beat? Andrew Jackson beat John Quincy Adams. Is that right? We're going to have to look this up. We're yeah. going to come back and tell you who the sixth president of the United States was for next show. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's, you know. Because we want to be credible. Around. We want to be credible. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, they're doing a Lego brick convention down in Mobile in yeah. September of 2023. These are amazing, man, what people can put together. Now, this isn't officially like a Lego event. It's a, it's a fan-based event, but yeah. there's several versions of these things. But uh, if you're a Lego nut, man, check it out, brickconvention.com. But uh, absolutely amazing what people build with it. I loved Legos growing up, and when I was briefly married, did. I had a – yeah, I was going to say I, I had two stepdaughters. The oldest one which just loved Legos. Hey, listen, I was looking at Construction Dive, right? Um, and they had a pretty interesting outlook on the supply chain. I mean, we know that that's affected uh, construction, whether it's residential or commercial. Uh, we've got a lot of infrastructure stuff coming up through the new act. Um, but they did a supply chain outlook. And I thought this was interesting. They said uh, some things are going to be uh, increasing in prices still. Some are going to be lowering. And then they went into sort of a, um, uh, a, a lead time increase on some uh, activities. So cement and concrete is rising. It's still rising. Yeah. It's not going down. Uh, it's already up 14% from last year as supply chain problems continue to arise. It says sand has more than doubled to $10 a ton. And that yeah. struck me, $10 a ton. Like wh- what does a ton of sand create, right? I looked that up and for one cubic yard of concrete, it takes 1,350 pounds of sand. So not quite a, not quite half a ton, a yeah. little more than half a ton. So I thought that was it. But, so you could go out there to the beach and think, I'm going to make a lot of money and sell sand yep. to the manufacturers. And after you've done 2,000 pounds of that, I don't know how many <laughs> wheelbarrows, you'd have $10 for yeah. your effort. Uh, drywall is rising, seventh consecutive quarter increase, 8% current increases. Uh, there's, there's the demand has increased, materials costs have increased, product costs. But listen, iron and steel are starting to come down. Uh, they've seen about a 5% drop in the cost of iron and steel. Copper's up a, a good bit, by the way. Lumber is lower right? Uh, it turns out the mills went into like super supply mode around the same time that residential starts de- decreased. So there's a little bit of a, uh, uh, a surplus in the market. So lumber's a little bit lower right now. But I thought this was interesting. They said, here's the, the lead time increases since the pandemic in certain categories, right? So if you wanted to get a roofing membrane for your commercial building, the lead time has increased 800%. So a hmm. one month delay yeah. is now eight months. Uh, roof insulation is basically 667% increase. So, so one month is basically just this shy, just shy of seven months now. Drywall and studs is 600%. 
So just dry, everything needs drywall, and it's about a six a six time delay or lead time than what they used to uh, anticipate. And HVAC equipment of all kinds is up about three times what it once was. So uh, there's going to continue to be some supply chain bumps. Uh, here in commercial and residential construction. I guess we just need to know about that. They said HVAC equipment is one of the most challenging items to procure right now, and it's going to continue to get worse because they tend to have the same kind of semiconductors that are required of the auto industry. And we know that there's a there's a shortage of those. So yeah, just things to be aware of if you're uh, in the construction industry or if you're planning to build something uh, on a commercial level or infrastructure level, those things are going on. Yeah. Well, hey, I think our phones are working again. Katie, are you with us? I am, yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah, hey, sorry about the problems, but uh, John's in there working hard trying to get all this back together. But uh, this is Katie Spurlock. we got to do it in a hurry. Uh, but uh, Katie is the co-owner and uh, the manager out at uh, the Vintage uh, uh, Vintage Wine. Saying? There you go. Thank you. Uh, I'm having trouble spitting all this out. Uh, out on 280, and I thought it'd be fun to come in and let's talk uh, some wine industry, particularly as we get near the the holidays, this is uh, a maybe good some t- Christmas gifts and yeah, all. Yeah, this is a good time. Yeah, Katie, give us a little background, how you got into it, and then really kind of what's popular right now, and, and basically kind of a quick overview of wine. Sure. Well, my mom started the store in 1997 because she was really interested in wine and its health benefits. And when she started learning more about wine and studying about the history and just, you know, all the things that happened in Europe over the years, she just thought it was fascinating and kept learning more and taking classes. And she saw there was an opportunity on 280 back in 1997. There wasn't a lot out there, but she knew neighborhoods were starting to be developed and stuff. This is a great place for a wine store. So she started it. I started in high school. I went to Auburn. When I graduated, I came back and started working for her. And I've been there for about, gosh, 15 years now. Yeah. I've learned a lot about wine over the years. It's a and great resource. from all price points. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a great store. You know, I think most people okay. don't know a lot about it. Like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I enjoy it, but I don't know a lot about it. It's uh, how do people come in? How do you help them kind of differentiate, you know, what they might enjoy uh, if, you, if you don't have a background in it? Well, one thing which we will start again in the new year are coming to wine tastings, trying wine, telling us what you like. But also, if you can come in and say, I like this wine, we can say, well, you'd probably like this and this. Or, hey, why don't you branch out and try this? Stay away from this one. Um, And if you've never had wine at all, we can kind of start you somewhere that's not a sweet wine, but a little bit fruitier, maybe a touch sweet and see what you think. And then if you're like, oh, that's too dry, we can go sweeter if it's too dry. Or too sweet, go drier. Here's a reverse demeanor, right? Back and getting to know our customers. Yeah, reverse demeanor can have some nice fruitiness <laughs> and a little spiciness. Oh, I've never had Good a spicy reverse demeanor. Yeah. What what is uh, what is Birmingham's wine palette like? What are y'all selling a lot of? Oregon Pinot Noir is incredibly popular in Birmingham, and it's mainly because we started an event. 20 years ago called Oregon Pinot Camp and uh, have people from Oregon come in and people just love Oregon wines around here, Italian wines and California. There's a diverse palate in Birmingham. Uh, now, listen, I keep seeing uh, everybody's shifted over. Are you seeing it as well? Uh, a shift, you know, it used to be white wines or red wines, but now we're seeing yeah. a lot of rosés. Is that correct? Yes. And we used to only carry rosés during the summer months, but now we probably still have at least 25 different rosés in our store year round we have probably about 45 during Christ, uh, during the summer but 
it's still more red and white wine, but definitely a diverse amount of rosé. One question I've got, you know, we took a, a wine tasting class back when, before we really knew anything about wine at UAB. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the things that really intrigued me was just how subjective it is, right? So someone could say, hey, this is a fantastic wine. And for the person to whom they say that, they may not feel that way at all. I mean, it really is kind of what you enjoy, what you feel is yummy, right? Of course. And there's like all kinds of reviewers out there that get paid money to review wines and they may give something a great score and you may totally disagree. Um, We used to have a little comic strip posted and it's somebody had a wine taste and he said, Oh, this wine is terrible. And then the person (laughs) pouring it said, but he got 95 points. He said, I'll take a case. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. I remember, I remember in that class, Brock, that, uh, uh, the guy, he was from uh, International Wines, and he just yeah. said, you know, the best way to learn about it is is drinking it. Yeah. So, and they started yeah. passing bottles around, and you kind of, you know, learned what you did and didn't like. But, yeah, uh, for sure. With Christmas coming up, uh, how do y'all, I mean, do y'all do gift packages or, uh, you know, as far as as a, as a holiday uh, gift item, what, what do y'all encourage people to do? Yeah, we have lots of gift baskets, um, and we have boxes where you can put different assortments of wines in them. Um, gift baskets, we have pre-made ones where you can just come in and be like, oh, I want that one, I want that one. Or you can pre-order one, come in, and like we can custom make it for you. There's usually about a day or two turnaround this time of year. Uh, most of the year, it's about a 30-minute to an hour turnaround, but we have so many orders, you kind of have to get in line. But we're happy to make custom baskets, or you can just come in and grab one. And when we start the new year, we will have wine tastings and classes and like you guys had your educational experience at UAB it's a good way to come in and try things well we need to come try it with you yeah Yeah. absolutely we're gonna we're gonna (laughs) come uh, you're gonna have to deal with us now yeah that's a fact we'll be at your front step (laughs) thank you I'd love to see you (laughs) yeah it's a want to know where we're located um we're on highway 280 in Inverness we're right behind the McDonald's and Come by and see us at 201 Cahaba Park Circle. It's a it's a fantastic store. I've, I've been there uh, over the years several times, and, and y'all do a, a really good job. I've got to think you have a lot of sort of uh, regulars who go yeah. down the 280 I think, corridor. Uh, I think Tommy Duncan comes out there to see y'all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, we've known Tommy for years. He's a super good guy. Yeah. No, it's Definitely. it's fantastic. Like him. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we we need to come try. When it when are the the wine tasting classes at the beginning of the year? On Fridays, we'll start having the tastings classes. We do about once a month, once every six weeks. Um, we don't have any dates set, but those are usually on Tuesday night. You can sign up for our emails on our website or follow us on social media and stay up to date. And we'll tell you all the events going on when we have specials. Sometimes we'll have wine that's like half price, and we'll send out an email. We may only have ten cases, and it sells out usually within the same day. But it's like, hey, this wine was twenty dollars. It's ten dollars. Order it now. Oh yeah, and then it's gone. What, yeah. Now what um, is so that? Getting on our email list. What is that? That email address or the uh, the website address the website is www.vintagewineshop and we spell shop s-h-o-p-p-e dot net okay. so vintagewineshop.net okay you can probably just type in vintage wine on google and it'll take you right there okay Katty, let me ask you i mean do y'all have uh you know i'm sure you got uh, i guess what you call the kind of everyday wines and things like that but then do y'all have some of like the really you know expensive wines or or you know i'm just interested interested kind of from a business standpoint i mean how do you stock things and what are trends that you're seeing just as a business owner too with retail you know what are your thoughts on some of that 
Sure. We have one room that's kind of devoted to values. Most everything in there is under $15. And then we have another room that's a climate-controlled wine cellar devoted to wines that are over $60, the more like special collectible, and they go on up beyond $60. Um, and we have wines from all over the world in there, Champagnes, Barolos, Brunellos, uh, Bordeaux, Australian wines, all kinds of wines. And we see that there are definitely still a lot of people that want those special wines. Some of them buy them immediately to consume, but a lot of people like to lay them down, as they say, and wait four, five, ten years and let the wine really mature and develop. Well, that makes sense, too. And, I, and, and you brought up a good point with champagne. Certainly people need to be thinking about you as they get into the New Year's yeah. season, right? For sure. And we have a whole bunch of champagne right now. I've been stocking up because there's been a real shortage in champagne over the last really two years since about the time COVID started. And so anytime I see a champagne, I buy it up. Oh, so we have lots of good stuff. That's fantastic. Do, do you do you buy directly from, you know, the, I guess, like an international wines or, or where do you yeah. get all of your stuff from? So you mentioned international wines did the class. They are a local distributor and we buy our wines from local distributors. We okay. can't like call a winery in California yeah. or France and have it sent to us, but we buy from local distributors and we have a great network with our sales reps who help keep us stocked and keep us informed of all the great new things that are in town. Okay. Uh, well, they're, they're a long time deal or somebody like, uh, uh, what's the other, is it Vineyard Brands that's here that actually? Vineyard Brands is an importer. Okay. And we buy a lot of Vineyard Brand products, but they sell to international. Like they bring it you. in from France and Italy and then we buy it from the international as a distributor. Like their warehouse is actually here. I don't think Vineyard Brands actually has a warehouse with wine here. So I guess, uh, you, you know, you, you just have to sometimes go to all these places and uh, wineries all yeah. across the uh, the country and ac- across the globe to try out their product. That's a difficult task. Yeah, and you get to write oh, off like every meal you ever have. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I haven't gotten to do much traveling in the last few years, but I have been fortunate enough to go to Italy and France and Argentina and Chile and yeah. Oregon and some fun places. And I hope to do more soon now that the world's kind of getting back to some normalcy. Yeah. yeah that's well, true. Hey, we got to run. Uh, I'm sorry. We ran into the phone problem at the beginning. We'd love to keep talking to you about this, but we're definitely going to come see you yeah. and uh, tell, tell uh, once again, where you're located in the website. Sure. We're in Inverness on highway 280. We are directly behind the McDonald's. The address is 201 Cahaba park circle. Our phone numbers 205 980 9995 website vintage or just google vintage wine shop and it'll pop right up all right well fantastic thanks so much for uh joining in with us this morning yeah absolutely okay thank you very much i'll have a great day all right take all right, care thank you yeah katie spurlock with uh, vintage wine uh check them out at the vintage wine shop that's two p's and yep. an e uh dot net or look them up on google and, and we really do need to go check that uh, out um, we're going out there yeah. for sure uh hey i'm going to tell you real quick about truant insurance and bonding uh if you make it build it fix it drive it or live in it we want to talk to you about uh take uh about insuring it if you take good care of it how about that oh uh, are you serious about that yeah man uh we would love to they had great options for good owners you know of different businesses and uh we we kind of dabble in most uh industries so We'd love to take a shot at it, but uh, anything real estate related, you know, uh, shopping centers, office buildings, warehouses, vacant buildings, any of that, uh, uh, we have companies that want to want to insure all of that stuff. Uh, construction, all the construction stuff we do. I've been jumping all over the place this week with bonds. Yeah. Uh, we did a six and a half million dollar bond down to a, I think it was a fifty thousand dollar bid bond. Oh, but wow. I had several of the payment and performance bonds going. 
crazy busy. Uh, everybody's been writing stuff. Uh, our That's office, good news. With respect, is, I mean, that means there's stuff going on. Absolutely. But uh, our office down in Daphne, we're writing stuff out of there. Tallahassee, we've been writing stuff out of that. And then Birmingham, we've uh, we it's been covered up this week with yeah. either with people uh, saying they would like us to quote their business and uh, and actually quoting their business. We've had some really good quotes in, but independent agency uh, represent a lot of companies you know of, and uh, would love to see if we can't cut a deal with you. I'm going to give one more shout out real quick before sure. we go uh, before we sign off. Jelly Walker down at UAB is leading the country in scoring Whoa, right now, 25 nice. a game, and uh, they're playing South Alabama tomorrow at Bartow. So uh, okay. UAB's got a good team, man. It'd be great to get out and support them. Need to do that. Yeah, and uh, uh, Sanford is playing in the FCS playoff today uh, here in Birmingham. So get out and uh, check them out at 2 o'clock at Sanford. I hear some music. Yeah. I guess, did you know? Did you know things? I do, if I well, can find them. Hey, listen, did you know that sea sponges contain chemicals to deter predators? And it turns out those chemicals may just combat cancer and HIV. Did you know to prevent a bee sting, you're, you're supposed to avoid swatting at bees. Instead, oh. you're supposed to blow gently from a safe distance. Oh, I didn't know that, that doesn't make sense you know you think the concept bluetooth might be contemporary but it turns out that norway herald bluetooth helped right. christianize the danes around 965 all right well man we got to get out of here this week oh well, check sure. us next week true at news radio yeah check us out on instagram birmingham will say